Hey, welcome everyone. It is, what is the date? October 5th, the year of our Lord, 2021. Today we're going to talk about bargaining and negotiating skills. It is 10 a.m., so let's get everybody logged in to the Zoom room. And I'll do a little... I'll do a little adjusting over here. If somebody could just please let me know you can hear me in the chat box. I see you're already popping in your attendance. Thank you very much. Tanya, can you hear me? We can hear you. Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, Alondra. Hope y'all are having a great week. I will make my face visible here in a minute so that you can watch my lips move if that's important to you. Uh, got a lot going on on my screen, so I'm trying to get organized. So there we go. I'm a little more organized, I think. Um, so today we're going to talk about bargaining and negotiating. It's it's a good topic. It's one of my favorite topics. It's uh, something that you can use, a skill that you can use in the money management department that can really move the needle in your financial life. So that's what we're going to talk about today, bargaining and negotiating skills. And just for fun, I think I'll go ahead and scroll down. This is the assignment you'll be working on. So I'm, for the next few minutes, uh, if you have any questions, pop them into the chat box and I will get to those quickly. But while we're waiting for everybody to join the meeting, I'm just going to hit play and let you listen to part of your homework assignment. So you can't hear the video. Sorry about that. I, uh, I'm not sure what to do about that. Let me see if I can fix it. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so apparently, given my lack of experience in the uh, audio technical world, I'm not able to make that. Uh, audio play at the moment but that's part of your homework assignment so you'll get to watch that video and you'll get to hear the audio for my friend Ramit that's a few years ago he did that video but I got to meet him uh, a while back at a convention and I was just really impressed yeah Fernanda the the audio works on YouTube so yeah you that's the one you guys that's a part of your homework assignment so anyway, sorry about the audio issues. I'm continuing to learn and grow and fix some of the glitches. I'm just not sure how to make that audio come through in the software that I'm using. So sorry about that. It's 10.04 a.m. Uh, we're going to talk about bargaining and negotiating today. So uh, looking for any questions in the chat box you guys are doing a great job on your assignments in blackboard and i appreciate that if you'll keep up that good work i think this semester is going great um, and i hope it's going great for you it's going great for me because of you so hopefully you can say something similar that it's going great for you because of some of the things i'm doing i hope uh, i want to thank bridget uh, Bridget is helping in the group me so um, typically I don't jump into the group me I feel like that's your space and uh, I do jump in occasionally especially if uh, Bridget tells me that I need to address some questions that she can't help you with but overall I think group me is a great resource for you to collaborate and help one another get questions answered so that's your private space and um, other than that 
You know, you guys are emailing me and texting me when you have issues that you really need to, for me to jump on, and I hope I'm achieving your objectives in that regard. So it's now 10.05 a.m., and it's time for us to get started with today's lesson. So we're going to talk about bargaining and negotiating. And one of the things that I want you to think about in terms of this course, in terms of your commitment to um, let go, I'm not sure what that means, let go. You mean letter rip, tater chip? Is that what you want me to do? Letter rip, tater chip? Let's go. Okay, let's go. So we're going. We're going. Thank you. That's uh, Tino? Tino Tech. Okay, Tino Tech. I'm not sure who Tino Tech is, but that's you. All right, let's go. Bargaining and negotiating. So when you think about financial, uh, personal finance, and you think about financial planning, I hope by now you're starting to think about it as a skill. And, you know, in this course, in any course that you take, whether it's personal finance or architecture 101, it doesn't really matter. You're always going to have a whole bunch of skills that relate. And even in a course like this, you've, you've got to have certain skills. And some of those skills may not seem like they relate to personal finance, but they certainly do relate to your ability to get an A in the course. You have to be able to communicate. Uh, you have to be able to schedule and manage your time uh, in Blackboard. You have to know how to use technology uh, just a little bit to interface. So there's a lot of skills that are involved in anything you decide to do, right? And that's true with personal finance in spades, okay? So... Uh, along the way throughout the semester and years after you complete this course, I hope that you continue to commit to growing your skills because it's the skills that you practice and that you improve on that will actually cause you to be successful, that will help you move the needle in your financial life. And so bargaining and negotiating skills are clearly one of those things, uh, one of those skills that can help you move the needle in your financial life. So that's what we're going to talk about. And one, uh, one of the things I want to do is uh, I'm going to give you a list, the seven, they're not really skills, they're principles related to bargaining and negotiating. And these are just seven things that along the way I think make sense to kind of highlight. What I want you to do this week as you study, as you spend some time thinking about bargaining and negotiating, I want you to come up with your own list of what are the top things that you would share that you would want to share with someone you care about who uh, isn't quite uh, in the ballpark of being a good bargainer or negotiator. So this is this week's topic. It's your focus for this week is to spend some time thinking about bargaining and negotiating and what are the skills that you have that you might or that you do have or you don't have uh, skills that you might commit to growing so that you can become a better bargainer, a better negotiator. And so part of your homework assignment this week is spend some time with my friend Ramit. He's going to do an interview. It's like a it's like a case study, a pretend situation where you're offered a job and you're there to interview for the job. Uh, you're not really offered the job. You're offered an interview for a job that you want. So it's a great interview. There's lots to learn there. And you're going to do a little research to just find some other resources related to bargaining and negotiating. And you're going to you know, share those in your homework assignment in Blackboard with me. Uh, a couple of things, a couple YouTube videos, a couple articles, both um, that you found helpful. So you're going to do some research this week about bargaining and negotiating. Um, and I'm going to share a little bit of my experience in the area of bargaining and negotiating as well. So before we start this lesson, I want to set the table with a question. Um, the first question, and you can answer this question if you're watching on Facebook. This is streaming live on Facebook and also on YouTube. And so whether you're watching now or you watch later, just, you know, participate. If you're a student, that's kind of required. Participate by leaving a comment, answering the questions as we go. And uh, so if you're watching if you're here in the zoom room you can leave your message your comment here but the question is this 
when it comes to bargaining and negotiating, how do you feel? Are you on a scale of one to ten? One being, I don't really like to to negotiate. It's kind of awkward. It feels uncomfortable. I don't, it's not fun. That would be one. And ten over here, where uh, guys like me and Dave Ramsey would be on the ten or eleven scale, we think that bargaining and negotiating is simply a part of life. It's something we actually were certainly not afraid of it, and we actually enjoy it to some extent, and absolutely engage in bargaining and negotiating almost all the time in every situation possible. Many situations that those of you who are on the other end of the scale the the one two three those of you who find bargaining and negotiating awkward uncomfortable and a little anxiety producing you would probably think that many of the things that those of us on the other extreme will bargain and negotiate you would find that list of things to be really out of bounds un unthinkable that you would ever try to bargain and negotiate but my question right now is simply where are you so I'm seeing seeing some of the chat in the zoom room um, and that's pretty pretty normal oh my goodness Tanya you're a one I'm so sorry to hear that I'm hoping Tanya that in this lesson and this week in particular I can help you see first of all do I hear someone someone it looks like Tanya did you want to say something no no okay I see your smiling face that, that's nice um, so well, I'm hoping Tanya that you along with everyone else who may be a one a two or a three that I can convince you that with a little bit of effort you can develop uh, the skills that you need to become a decent bargainer or negotiator and that's number one that that the skills aren't that difficult to learn and with a little intention and a little commitment you can grow into a much much more confident bargainer and negotiator that's number one that it's not that hard to learn how to do this but number two in this I really am committed if there's one thing I want to do in the next few minutes it's to convince you everyone who's in that lower group that that over your lifetime it will make a significant difference in your life if you do commit to develop some bargaining and negotiating skills that the difference between the folks who are on the one end of the scale versus those of us who are on the 10 end of the scale the difference in terms of what we're able to achieve in terms of results is significant and so that's what I'm gonna try to get us to think about for a minute now so th the next question is now that you've identified yourself as a between a one a person who's afraid awkward not really comfortable with it uh, or someone in the middle or someone like myself who thinks it's just it's like a sport not afraid of it I actually like it um, so if if we can just think about those two extremes and sorry my phone is ringing it's a friend of mine from California I should have turned my phone off I'm going to do that now. Uh, so the, here's the question. The second question is, I want you to tell me what... I'm trying to turn my phone off. Yeah, there we go. It's off. So I want you to think about the next question, which is, uh, if I'm telling you that learning how to bargain and negotiate will move the needle in terms of your financial life, if, if that's true... If what I'm telling you is true, that it will move the needle. My next question is, and I, here's where I need your help. Uh, I, I want to know what would you guess how much could it move the needle? So let's just assume that everyone on this call today makes $100,000 a year, just to keep the number simple. And let's assume that everyone on this call today has the same list of items on our budget. So we've all got internet, we all have rent, we all have a car payment, we all have a house, we have insurance, we have groceries, we have all of the things in our budget exactly the same. So all things being equal, 
those of us who bargain and negotiate pretty much anything and everything versus those of us, those of you who, like Tanya, are kind of not really into it or feel awkward doing it or for whatever reason you kind of avoid it. How much does it move the needle in a one-year um, overall? Is it 1%? Like, for example, if I negotiate everything from my phone bill to my Internet, which, by the way, just last two weeks ago, <laughs> I, I got a new iMac computer, and I was having trouble with my Internet. And so I was getting a quote for a different provider, blah, blah, blah. I'm with Comcast on my Internet. I was paying 120 bucks a month. They saved me because I told them I was going to find someone else. I had an appointment. They were going to install, blah, blah, blah. I saved 60 bucks a month, got it down to just over 40 and they tripled the speed on my Internet. So now I have 400 megabytes per second, which at my house is really good, and I do a speed test, and it's generally around 300, which is totally cool with me. But the point is... I, I, just a couple of weeks ago, I randomly negotiated that. And while I was on the phone with Comcast, they, they said, hey, who's your phone provider? And I'm with Verizon. I don't like Verizon. I've been with them for 16 years. Their service is awesome. I think the company doesn't represent what my values are. And so I wanted to get rid of Verizon for that reason, just to kind of make a statement and put my money where my heart is. And plus... The, the cost of my phone service with Verizon was $230 a month. Service was great. I was with them for 16 years. But I was thinking I need to shop around, do a little research. And my wife wanted me to do that. And then Comcast says they can do it and they can save me. Uh, how much did they say they could save me? They said they could, sa they, they said they could go from $230 a month to under a hundred dollars a month and so with the same number of phones the same basic service I switched after 16 years and I saved a bunch of money so now I've got faster internet I've, and by the way Comcast uses the same towers as Verizon or so they say so far I haven't really had any problems with my service I can still listen to watch Facebook or watch YouTube videos when I'm going for my morning walks watch the news on sling tv all the things i used to do i can still do and so so back to the question that's just one kind of random thing in that budget that we would all share and so us again assuming that we all have all things are equal we all have the same budget we all have the same income and i'm telling you i'm on the end of the you know towards the 10 i negotiate and bargain everything and so what's the percentage in one year that, I, that I'm going to move the needle in terms of how much I save on my rent, on my groceries, on my internet, on my phone, on, on my insurance, on my you name it, whatever it is that we're all out there buying every day on a $100,000 budget, how much is it going to move the needle if I'm committed to just paying attention and bar making good bargains and negotiating good deals across the board. How much would you say that moves the needle? What percentage of that $100,000 budget would you say? Okay, I'm going to pull up my chat box. So dramatically, yeah, getting a better deal on a house and car will help long run, especially with interest. So yeah, um, that's good. Anyone else? I'm looking for a percentage. I want you to commit to just a percentage. Is it 5%? Is it 10%? What is it that you think on a $100,000 budget, $100,000 income, and we're all putting our money into the same things in terms of our budget and the, th the things we spend? So Matthew says 11%. Mercy says 6%. Those are, those are good. I mean, I, I don't know the answer clearly though in my opinion and this is what I'm trying to sell you on the idea that it does move the needle 
okay, so on $100,000, if it were ten, if it were 10%, that's $10,000 of savings because I was willing to bargain and negotiate. That's what I'm trying to get you to to think about is simply the impact that it has if you choose to learn how to bargain and negotiate. The basic skills are pretty simple to learn if you're willing to apply yourself and commit yourself to learning those skills. And if I can convince you that the payoff is significant in terms of all of the things you're going to do in your life related to personal finance and the skills related to managing money and building wealth, I'm, I'm trying to convince you that this one, which doesn't even seem like it fits into the skill inventory for money management, it's a big one and it does make a difference and it will move the needle for you. So, so, um, 8%, 10%, 6%, 11%. What's 120 times 12 equals 1440? Marco, I'm not sure I follow you there, but uh, 120 times 12. I'm not, anyway, Marco, you're going to have to give me a little clarification on that one. Tanya, I think 8% is good. Elizabeth, 10%. Um, those are good numbers. Those are good guesses. And again, there's no right answer. I don't know. I don't know. But there's a number. And so my hope is that by now you've already started to think about the fact that it will move the needle for you if you decide to be an effective negotiator. And if you consider making an attempt to negotiate things that you may not have tried to negotiate in the past. So that's great. We've got, let's say we go with 10%. Uh, 10% of... 10% moving the needle. For those of us who are willing to learn how to bargain and negotiate, let's just assume that we can negotiate 10% more pay than someone who is afraid of their own shadow when it comes to bargaining and negotiating. Somebody who's just not willing or comfortable speaking up and saying something like, you know what, that's just not good enough. And they just take whatever the offer is without negotiating anything. Let's just assume that those of us who are like fearless negotiators can at least get a 10% benefit from doing that. And so when we think about things like our salary, uh, uh, our next raise, uh, when we think about the, the lease or even the insurance that we may have lots of ways to bargain and negotiate that you guys haven't even thought of that I promise you are there. Even things like groceries. Um, and, you know, I buy things on Amazon all the time, and it's amazing to me how big a difference there is between prices from different sellers if you just spend a few more minutes and, and look for the bargain. So bargaining and negotiating involves a lot of different things and it also includes a lot of different things that you may not have thought about. So at this point I want to ask you a question. What do you think, what are some things that you think you, you just cannot negotiate? Some things that are not negotiable. What are two or three things that you think of that are not negotiable? You can't negotiate these things. So I can tell you what the common answers are over the last 10 years that I've been teaching this course. But instead of me telling you, I'm going to wait. I'm going to take a, a sip of water and I'm going to wait for you to post. And if you're on, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, go ahead and list two or three things that you believe are not negotiable. Take a minute and do that now while I refresh myself. so harsh <clears throat> you you named one that comes up every semester and um tanya tanya says health insurance uh harsh says college tuition and alandro says harsh that sounds that's a good one it does sound like a good one so let's keep going tanya says health insurance marco says home foreclosures uh, that's an interesting one 
That's a new one for me. I've never heard that one, Marco. Home foreclosures. I'm not exactly sure what you mean. I'm assuming you're saying if I'm having my home foreclosed on, that's not something I can negotiate. Is that right? Fernanda says taxes. I love it. So I'm looking for a couple other items that you think are not negotiable so that I can kind of lay those out there. Oh, here we go, Matthew. That's the one I was waiting for. Groceries. So medicine costs. Tanya says medicine costs. I love it. These are great. So I'm just thinking about my own personal experience because, again, I'm one of those people. License permit fees, Elizabeth says. That's a good one. Um, licensure, licensure. So I spend a lot of money on licenses um, from software to professional licenses. Um, good RX, Marco said. So Marco says good RX, Tanya exclamation mark. And I'm assuming that Marco, you're doing my job here because what you're Uh, What it looks like you're doing, Marco, is you're saying to Tanya, who said you can't negotiate on medicine, you're saying, yeah, look at GoodRx. It's a discount way to purchase medicine. I'm assuming that's what you're saying, Marco. So go ahead and leave another message and tell me if I'm right, because I think that's what you're doing, which is exactly what I want to do. So I want to take each one of these and say, okay, Tanya, yeah, I can tell you my story. And I absolutely get a heck of a deal on prescription medicine uh, because I was, you know, I did a little research and I negotiated a better deal. It's through Walgreens and they have this group deal. You you pay a little bit of money and you get, it's a smoking deal. I mean, I pay hardly nothing for medicine. Um, So, yeah, Alondra, this is great. You guys are now listening to the items that the folks who are at the one, two, and three are saying those are not negotiable. And folks who are over here on the other side where I am, you're going, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That is absolutely negotiable. And you can make a bargain on that. And here's how. And so that's perfect. That's the whole point of this lesson is to say to those of us, those of you, who really feel like bargaining and negotiating is it's awkward, it's difficult, and, it, and it's just not worth it. And those of us who are like, no, you can negotiate and make a better deal and move the needle on a whole lot of things if you just take the effort and be intentional. And so groceries, um, and Alondra says with coupons. So a friend of mine, <clears throat> when I first started teaching this course, I was sharing with a couple of friends how there are some things that seem like they're difficult to, to negotiate. Well, one of my friends, Adam, a uh, s- very frugal young man, he very successful. Um, he was not a student in my course. He's just a friend of mine. But he, he told me, uh, he, so I shop at HEB. I love HEB. It's right down the street from my house. And they always have these amazing sales on meat problem is their meat isn't really that good of quality when it goes on sale it's just it's cheap it's cheap and it's not great quality a lot of fat on the meat and it's not you know premium quality but my friend adam told me he always takes the heb coupons whenever they have a sale and he goes over to walmart and at the time i don't know if they're still doing it because of covid but at the time walmart would accept any coupon and give you the price from the coupon and walmart had at least they did then i think they still do had a much higher quality for meat their meat wasn't they didn't didn't go on sales frequently and anyway my friend adam would take coupons for like t-bone steaks from heb when they were dirt cheap and he'd go buy those steaks at walmart because they would honor the coupon so coupon 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 that's one way to negotiate it's one way to make a bargain okay and so it takes it takes a bit of uh intentionality to do that so matthew says interest rates question mark that's a good one interest rates is a good one um so you know, I I don't know how to tell you how to negotiate interest rates because, frankly, to me, the number one thing, as you hopefully learned this last week as you did the credit crush assignment, the number one thing uh, for you to do is pay off your credit cards every month because th- if you do that, if you pay off your credit cards every month, 
you're in a way better position to get a lower interest rate. Um, and if you reach out to your credit card company and you just say, hey, that interest rate's too high, I'm going to shop around. I, I've never done that because, again, I try to avoid interest on credit cards completely by paying it off. But if I did call them and say, hey, I need, need to work on this, then you could, I suspect you would get them to move move down. Another thing I found, and I did this when I started my first big business, I needed, I wasn't going to make any money for some time, and then I was going to make a lot more money. So the first year of starting this business, I had a plan to live on credit, which sounds crazy, um, but it worked really well. I had excellent credit. I had really no debt. Uh, except for a house at the time. But what I did was I just kept switching. They kept sending me offers to move my balance from one credit card to another with zero interest for six months. So for six months, for a whole year, I did that. And I had like $50,000 in credit that I was just moving around. So that was a kind of a bargain. <laughs> um, it was a short-term thing. I knew it was a short-term thing. I was gambling that as a new state farm agent, okay, think about that. I was um, making a gamble, a bet, that I was going to make some money after I got through that first year, which is like the hardest year for a state farm agent, and it worked out perfectly. But don't try that at home. Okay, let's see what else. Uh, my boss told me Walmart meat is more fresh because it's always selling. It's always coming in and out. That makes sense, Marco. Um, so one thing I don't think is negotiable is gas prices. You know, Alondra, that's probably right. But have you ever heard of Gas Buddy? So, again, this is bargaining and negotiating. And part of bargaining is just, you'll see when I get to my seven, uh, oh, there we go. When we get to the seven um, rules, I'll show you that some of the things that I do. But um, bargaining, it, it involves doing a little research. And so for gas, I'm going to just get this down to my seven rules, boundaries, and opportunities. So gasoline, if I drive a Winnebago, I used to drive a Winnebago. I'll tell you another story about negotiating. Um, over the weekend, I traded my 30-foot 2010 Winnebago Class A motorhome. I traded it in for a 32-foot Jayco Precept 29V uh, Class A motorhome. The Winnebago got like s almost 8 miles a gallon. The Jayco gets almost 10 miles a gallon. That's a whole other story. Negotiating that rig was something maybe I'll tell you that story but here's the thing when you're driving a Winnebago when you're driving a vehicle that gets you know eight seven eight miles a gallon when it's fully loaded and we're pulling a car it could get six miles a gallon so is gasoline negotiable mm, you can't really negotiate but you can certainly hunt for bargains and one of the ways to do that is with this little app called gas buddy Gas Buddy is great when you're on a trip, especially because you just open the app. Not while you're driving, of course, that wouldn't be safe. So you have your passenger open the app. And it tells you near you, it gives you a like 25-mile radius, and it tells you where you can get gas and how much it, it costs and how much you save. I have saved so much money on trips, especially when I'm in my RV. Um, just by using that. Now, another thing I do for gas, which I think is, I think it's smart. Um, I heard somebody tell me one time when I was in a Sam's wholesale and I was thinking about buying their card so that I could, you know, buy huge packages of things like toilet paper and cereal and whatever. But somebody that was there, they said they've been doing it for years and years and they said, I only do it for the gas. And I'm like, what? They said, yeah, look at the gas prices here. So you get the discounted gas at Sam's or Costco. I now am a member of Costco. And so, yeah, I'm not sure if you could consider that bargaining and negotiating. But for me, it's like an absolute, typically the best price on gas is at Costco. So 
it's right on my way to work or my way home on my way home and so it's just one of the ways so again my question is if you're going to commit to paying attention to bargaining and negotiating and you start to think about every financial transaction that you make especially the ones that you're doing all the time if you can think of ways to systematically bargain and negotiate that's going to move the needle how much i can't really say but i pretty sure that those of us who practice this discipline the skill we develop the skill of looking paying attention bargaining and negotiating pretty much everything that we're going to be ahead of the game it's going to help us achieve our financial goals much quicker more effectively and more efficiently because bargaining and negotiating works and it works in so many areas that as you start to practice this discipline you start to experience the benefit of bargaining and negotiating everything and so my seven rules boundaries and opportunities for bargaining and negotiating starts with number one negotiate anything and everything so we've already talked about a list of things that we think may not you know folks who are on the the one two and three side of the scale say you can't bargain that you can't negotiate that that's not negotiable and it's amazing how much is negotiable i used to be a state farm agent back in the great financial crisis i had a 10-year lease on my office it was twenty one hundred dollars a month for a eight hundred square foot office pretty small office and i did not like spending twenty one hundred dollars a month on rent well when the great financial crisis hit in two thousand nine my lease came up for renewal and some would say you can't really negotiate your rent but at that time, there was a whole lot of empty properties around Houston and certainly Clear Lake, where my office was at the time. And so I went out and found um, people who really wanted new tenants. And I didn't want to move because you don't want to move. It's work. It's pain. But I did want lower rent. And so I had to convince my landlord that I was willing to pack up and move if if they didn't. Here was what the ask was here's what I negotiated here's what I told them I needed to stay for another 10 years I needed you I need you to cut my rent in half and at first they kind of laughed at me I'm like okay well I'm gonna get I'm gonna get another lease and it's gonna be half and so you know obviously now is the best time in my lifetime to shop for a lease and you know you guys get to decide it's your business but you know, it's been good working with you. And I made them believe that I had no problem moving. Now, in my heart, I was thinking, oh, I do not want to move. <laughs> but I didn't let them know that. And I was willing to walk away. And so um, that's number two is exercise your walk away muscle. In this case, I was willing to walk away from the lease and do all the work that it would take to move. But typically, the walk away muscle comes into play when you're out there shopping and you find that beautiful red car that you absolutely have to have and of course the salesperson reads that all over you that you are already in love with this vehicle and you couldn't give up on the idea of owning this beautiful red two-door sports car and so yeah if you want to negotiate a good deal you have to convince that salesperson that you're willing to walk away and the best way to do that is when the price doesn't budge you do walk away and I've done this a bunch of times I've bought a ton of cars and vehicles campers and whatnot and you know I generally know what I want to pay before I go and if I find something that I like but the price is just too high I walk away and I tell them you know what call me at, you know if you can't sell it at the end of the month or the end of the quarter keep my number call me I'll make you a deal you know I'll make you an offer but I'm not going to give you that price take care have a good day and what do you think happens next with a car dealer now I gotta say parenthetically I bought a car this year <laughs> and it's crazy out there because of COVID and supply chain and chip shortages. It's crazy out there. So bargaining and negotiating today is very different than it was 
a couple years ago, but I think it's temporary. But certainly for cars, they, they were just not negotiating. Um, but typically, normally, what do you think that car dealer would do if you said, hey, that's not good enough, and you just walked away? If they had your number, what do you think they do? Has your bluff ever been called? Um, Marco, my bluff? What bluff? I wasn't bluff. My bluff. I mean, so let's talk about the lease at my office. You know, yeah, there's been times, plenty of times, where I said, you know what, um, that's not good enough. I'm not going to pay that. But then it turns out that really is the best deal I could find. And so I ended up buying it. Um, so I don't know if that's having a bluff called. But, um, yeah, I don't always get what I want. <laughs> but... Um, I have had so many experiences where by being willing to walk away, I got the phone call and we made a deal. It may not have been exactly what I wanted, but it was better than I started with. So, um, yeah, I, I see that emoji. Thank you for that. Okay, so back to um, our, my little list. This is just my list. I'm going to wrap things up here in the next few minutes, and I just want to hit the high points of these seven principles that I think are helpful. Uh, but I'm hoping you come up with your own list of bargaining and negotiating principles or tips or strategies, things that you find helpful and valuable. But these are kind of mine. So number three is practice the daily discipline of patience and i can't tell you how valuable patience is when it comes to bargaining and negotiating anything um, you just have to be patient you can't expect things are going to go your way right now or even today and if you're willing to wait you're going to find that you'll be a much better negotiator number four comparison shopping i say it builds three kinds of muscle i don't know why i said that actually I had three things that on the list and I missed one. But so here's the deal. Comparison shopping, it's like research. Um, and if you're a person who loves to do research, this is great. But if you're like me, I like to make a decision right now. And comparison shopping takes time and it takes patience. It takes effort and it's, it's work. It's like I got other things I want to do. But, um, you know. So now I have Amazon. I do my retail therapy online, Amazon. And one of the things I've discovered that I enjoy doing is Amazon reviews. I like to read the reviews. And so whenever I buy something that's over like 50 bucks, I read the reviews. So that's kind of research, right? Um, and so you learn things. You grow. Your brain develops. That's one of the muscles that I have listed is your mental muscle. By doing comparison shopping, you learn things. Yesterday, I was looking for a um, uh, generator. I don't need a generator because my new RV has a 5,500 um, generator, which is great. But remember when it got really cold last winter um, having a quiet generator would be nice so I was doing a little comparison shopping between Honda for twelve hundred dollars for this little generator and the Predator which is at Harbor Freight which is only like four ninety-five. so I was comparing the two I found this great video where the dude does a comparison between both and he loads them up and shows you how much amperage it was awesome Oh, so it's kind of like a review. And it made me realize, you know what, I'm going to buy the Predator. When I do buy a generator, I'm going to buy the half the price. I know it's not a Honda. It's not as good as the Honda, but it's really close <laughs> and it's half the price. So the emotional muscle also. Again, when you take time, you do some research, you compare, um, you're going you're gonna to start to develop a better stronger emotional muscle because if you're the kind of person like I am you want something you go out to buy it and your emotions are all like let's just do this I, I do this on a regular basis and it's it, you know it's research that kind of puts me at bay it's taking time and knowing that I've got to compare this and that and so it's it's a good thing it's one of my top seven because I think 
before you buy, you should compare a lot and take the time to do that. Number five, cash is king in bargaining. And so, okay, if you, if you ever watch Dave Ramsey, um, I, we used to use Dave Ramsey completely in this, in this course, and he, he does this little, he goes to a Best Buy and he buys a washer and dryer. And he, actually, he doesn't go to Best Buy. He goes to a local store and he buys a washer and dryer and he lays down cash. And I, I, I don't know this, but I would bet you, I mean, obviously, the store owner knew that Dave Ramsey and his camera crew were coming to shoot this video, right? And anyway, Dave Ramsey's whole point is that because he had cash, he was able to get this business owner to give him a much better deal on the washer and dryer so he lays down the cash and so at some point in my life cash was king it was like if you came in with cash you could get a better deal but today that's just not I think what's true people don't want to walk around with cash like I just bought this motorhome as a hundred thousand dollars if I would have walked in with a hundred thousand dollars cash you know what they he would have said the dealer he wouldn't have taken the cash because there are laws out there that you have to account for anything over 10 grand. So anyway, that's a whole nother story. Cash, if you're buying something for 500 or 1,000, cash used to be a pretty powerful motivator in a deal, in a transaction, in a negotiation. But really, what I think is the buying power that you have is what's what gives you the leverage. So if you walk into a car dealer and you need them to finance the car for you, then you're kind of giving them your power. They get to make money on the financing. They have you where they want you because you want this car, you need this car, and you need their financing. As opposed to... So think about this. I used to be a State Farm agent for many, many years. Uh, State Farm Bank was the fifth largest bank in the country. They're no longer a bank, but they were when I was an agent. And the number one thing they did was car loans. So all of my clients, I had 2,000 clients, literally 2,000 cars my agency insured. And my wife's job, she worked in my agency, her job was to make sure every single customer knew that when they got ready to buy a new car, they should call us at State Farm at our office. And we would give them a quote for their loan as well as the life insurance and the disability insurance on that loan it was a we won awards we sold so much so many car loans really it was we were f phenomenal it was a small town in Pennsylvania everybody called us for their car loan um, and what happened is if you called me to get a quote for your car loan and you went to buy a new two or not new but a used 2005 Mercedes you could walk into the dealership with a check from State Farm Bank we would print that out for you in advance so it was a pretty cool deal and that would give you bargaining power because you could walk in with that check and they're not they're gonna have a hard time turning it down if you walk in with that check so I, cash is king. A lot of people say that. I say purchasing power is king, and sometimes, usually, a cashier's check is way more powerful, but cash is king. Uh, and then six, number six, silence is golden. So shut up. And I should make that number seven. It would be really cool, like, to drop the mic right now and say, that's it, you know, shut up and end it. But it's hard for me to do. Is it hard for you to shut up? <laughs> In a negotiation, it's pretty pretty helpful. So sometimes, a lot of times, one of the things I think Dave Ramsey uh, teaches is that's not good enough. So four words, that's not good enough. And that's pretty powerful, especially when you couple it with silence. So when, you know, the seller tells you what the deal is, and you just look at the, this is like a skill that every one of us, everyone even in the one, two, and three range can practice this. That's not good enough. And then just be quiet. What do you think happens in the silence on the other side of the table? Silence is golden in negotiating.
and bargaining. So number seven, this is the last one, timing. Timing, timing is everything. And I go back to the car analogy. And it, it's not going to work this year. <laughs> um, it, it, it really didn't work. So typically when you buy a car from a used car lot, they have an inventory. And it costs them money to have that inventory, whether it's cars, trucks, RVs. They want to make that sale. And when the end of the month comes, they really want to get that cash flow in. So they're more willing to make a, a deal at the end of the month. And at the end of the quarter, even more. And if it's the fourth quarter and it's the end of the year, timing on buying a car is really predictable in terms of the end of the month, the end of the quarter, the end of the year. Again, with the supply chain issues, the uh, chip manufacturer shortage, with um, supply chain issues, it's it's really it's a crapshoot right now buying a car or anything. But I think that's temporary. So again, timing is really important. I know of so many people who are trying to buy a house right now while the price of houses just keeps going up, up, up. And my advice would be wait. Timing timing really matters and the home market has gotten so heated it's so far stretched above the averages that it's going to eventually revert to the mean in my opinion when I don't know but I would not want to buy a house right now because of that but that's just my opinion uh, buying a house if that you're going to live in for many years is never a bad idea it's typically better than renting but that's a whole nother course so those are my top seven i hope they're helpful for you but what i'm looking for this week is for you to do a little thinking a little research uh, you know i really want you to think about what are you going to negotiate what are you going to bargain how are you going to take what you learned this week and apply it so that you begin to develop the skills that you need to become a more effective bargainer and negotiator so that you can move the needle in your financial life um, if if you could move the needle 10 percent on a hundred thousand dollar budget that's ten grand and if you could do that for 10 years, that's 100 grand. And if you could do that for 30 years, which is really kind of the life of your investment and your retirement building years, right? You get a career, you work a job, you work for a company, another company, maybe another company, start your own company. All of those things uh, will, um, over time, really start to compound like so there's very few things in your financial life that can make as big a difference as bargaining and negotiating so that's why it's part of this uh, this course and this curriculum so I hope that it's been helpful I see that Marco is taking these skills to Traders Village fee market this weekend is that free market fee market anyway looks like you're gonna go do some retail therapy it looks like maybe that's uh, like a a trader's village i'm not i've never been there but that sounds like fun i hope you enjoy it and i hope you pay close attention to some of the ways that you engage in bargaining and negotiating take some mental notes be aware of what you're feeling what you're thinking and you know another thing i like to do is pay attention to other people who are really good at this even if they're on the other side of the table you can learn a ton from professionals who do this for a living i don't do this for a living i do it for fun and um, i do it a lot so anyway i think i've told enough stories i've taken plenty of your time today thanks for watching good luck with your assignment um, you're doing a great job i'm going to jump in there and post today's assignment in blackboard in just a few minutes and also grade whatever's in my queue so um Thanks again. Don't forget, turn your assignments in by Friday at 3 o'clock and you get extra points. And I appreciate it. I'm headed to Michigan tomorrow. I'm going to spend a few days with my mom. So I'll be out of town from Wednesday night until Sunday night. So if you try to reach me and you don't hear from me, it's because I'm ignoring you. I'm with my mom. So I'll be back next week and I look forward to seeing you. Have a great week and take care. Thank you, Alondra. Safe travels appreciate it okay let's see I'm gonna try to end this meeting first I'm gonna go end the broadcast I'm gonna hit finish and broadcast and now I'm gonna end